Hello and welcome to a time of edification with Carousel Ministry. Get ready to be edified and equipped to edify others. Ready? Let's begin. Matthew 15 from verse 17 to verse 20. He says, Do not you understand that whatsoever enters in okay. that whatsoever enters in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drops. <laughs> Let me do it by what we quote things. Cast out into the drops. I don't need to be practical to understand it. <laughs> All right. It says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the way. Come forth from the what? And they do what? Defile the man. For out of the earth proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. This therefore means that pork cannot defile a man. Pig meat can't defile a man. Like, even if, you know, let, me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something very funny. Even before I knew okay, that it's not a sin to be eating pork. In our streets, in our area, okay, there was one place where we were selling pork. Even this year, that with the law comes the knowledge of sin. To be fair, I'm not necessarily the kind of boy that will buy, you know, pork on the road. But you know what? I don't remember where we're coming from. Evening service or something. And now pointed at it to my mom. Ah, what's that one? Said, ah, what's this shining? Is that from the rest of the other ones? I knew Suya, but I don't know this one. See, ah, that's pork meat. I say, hey, it's nice. Ah, let's buy it now. Say, ah, no, we cannot buy it to that. It's wrong to eat it. You shouldn't have said so. <laughs> if, if you are just in the service, something like, no, George, let's just go. There's meat at home. In my mind, I was not like just like it's meat now. But if just the very fact that you have said we must not eat it, that's just the problem. That has the problem. Ever since that time, because I can remember very clearly, it was it was at the junction. But let's say my church is here. You walk down straight down. Oh my Of course, I'm sure even you said you I'm sure you have bought without this thing. You walk all the way down along the streets at the junction. It's on this side of the road. Yeah. Every time when I pass, I look at you. Look at you. Uh, one day, just that, you know this is when there's, you know, maybe there's extra 200 near you. It's you, and I'm feeling like on top of the world. Because I turned, I looked at it. Say today. <laughs> but the thing, when you your house, you cannot take it home. So it's on the road. So you Between the boxes and the road. Ah! Mojek, anyway. Ah! I hear do Jedry, I love it. This is, no. Just that. You know, something that you taste and you wonder how do we say there's no God? <laughs> you, you get it. Like, there's some things I, I personally believe. Just now, you say someone say, Oh, there's no God, there's no God. What's the person now? Fry plantain. Fry plantain. Just now, or snail sauce and give the person. The person is done. Now, say, now you guys say, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> say, say, Jesus is Lord. You say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Saved. You got there's some things that you will taste. Are ah, you not? There has to be a God. There has to be a God. How uh, planting cannot be an accident. You know, there are too many things to be an accident. Good things like there are some things that they are too good to be an, like there are, there are some good things that can be accidents. Do you understand me? But the things that is too good to be an accident. Planting is too intentional to be an accident. So it's like the goodness of God for mankind. Just tell me, ah, I believe that a red flag is someone that doesn't like planting. You don't like planting, you are a red you are, We have every reason to know. You say, <laughs> it's a red flag. You don't like planting, cannot work out. You don't like, ah, no. I can't trust your decisions. I can't trust your decisions. You don't. How much do I recognize good things? I can't recognize good things. How am I sure that you really even recognize the good things that I am? You planting, I mean, no, thank you. You said what? What's your one thing? Do 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 Actually, do do do. This even sounds like oh do do. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, so that's a joke, by the way, please. Because these days you have to be clear what is joke and what is not. So I can say that. Ah, do you like planting? You don't. Sorry. I also said that. I love you for you. <laughs> I really love you for the candidates. 
don't like Dudu. I'm sorry. Please, oh, please, oh. But, but to be honest, oh, anyways, let's continue. So, <laughs> all right. So, sorry, so it really tells you that out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. Right? So, these are the things which defile a man. Also, eat it on washing hands, defile not, not a man. So, the things that defile a man are actually this is the state of his heart. Because the state of from the things in his heart will bad things come forth. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? All right, let's continue. Right, so let's look at second Corinthians 4 and verse 13. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 13. We definitely cannot finish this sentence, okay? like it's so obvious that we can't actually. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 13. He says, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and do what? Notice he says that, um, okay, no, this is not where. Um, well, where it's quote. In Hebrews 13, from verse 5 to 6, all right, he says, For he has said, so that we may boldly say. Are we together? Now, the interesting thing, go there first. Let me show you something very interesting. Hebrews 13, from verse 5 to verse 6. He says, Let's read this from verse 5. He says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. You know, I'm going to be teaching next month in July. July is going to, we're going to be looking into um, the, the believer and the money. Primarily, all right, and of course, one of the things I'm going to be touching is covetousness. Do you understand me? I know there is ambition, which is very good, but there is such a chase of money that is ridiculous at a particular age. I don't know if I'm getting one that thinks about things like that, but even let's agree that currently, right now, you get 20 million dollars. Like, the, I, I personally feel like there's some kind of money that when they give it to you, it's death. They just give you death in the hand. Like this, I should die. Why? Because there's kind of money that if you get it now, you, you will waste it. You, you will, genuinely, you will. Have you guys ever, have, did you guys see this item, this popular item, Instagram reel, of a man who won the lottery? Who won the lottery? And then, a few years after, he has to go back to his old job because he has squandered the entire money. See, you need to realize, and in terms of really teaching series, among my disciples get a hold, and I'm going to talk about it. The way the world works, all right, is that before you move into a certain level of exposure or anything, the first thing to do is to expand your mind to accept it, or to expand your mind to be able to handle that kind of thing. If you put someone who thinks a certain way, are we together, into a certain level of wealth, they will squander it. For example, if you put someone whose entire life or everything they know about work is tied to sustenance, as per they only know how to wake up, make money, and when you make the money, you eat. Not because they are not because they are necessarily lavish, but just because that's the only kind of money that they've experienced in their life. I wish better. If you open up that kind of person to billions at once. All the person knows how to do is to spend to eat. Do you understand? The person has never so if compared to the person who you you only know how to spend to eat, then your at some point your earning power increased. When it's increased, the first the truth is the first two months you will make mistake. It's normal. Just when a certain kind of money comes into your account that you never ever um, entered before, you will have some kind of pride that overwhelm you. Just that then you notice that there are some things that you're not beginning to say there's some things that are necessary for basic living. It's not about basic living. <laughs> no, like, is the devil whispering in your ear? Devil whispering, whispering. So maybe like after like three, three or four months of ridiculous spending, just I mean, then your brain will now reset. Ah, uh-uh, we can't continue like this. We need to save. That's when you realize that this money is not as much as I thought it was. <laughs> you know, the answer was done on us. You know, maybe the first time you had that two hundred fifty k, two hundred fifty k initially, that yeah, oh my damn man, happening day. <laughs> just that even the way you've been working you know, to, to, to show up to the next Sunday is different because now the tight has the tight has changed, it's not 25k. Tight is no more 10k, it's not 25k. Just I mean it's different. But like after like you know you, you know your money you think you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can buy new air, buy new shoe, buy new this one. Just that by the time you do for like two months, you don't realize ah this one is not this big. <laughs> you just like ah no 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 I'm not a happening babe. So 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 you calm down. And, you begin to so as you begin to go across different levels of acquiring wealth, I together, your mind is expanding the more and the more to opportunities and people. 
You see, let me say this. One of the key things about wealthy people is not just their money. It's the people they know. And part of the people they know are the kind of opportunities they are privy to. Do you understand me? You need to understand that. Let me say this. I, I, in fact, I believe that one of the strongest things wealthy people have is not the money. That's the next thing. It's their network. I promise you, as people that if they crash today, eh, give them one day. There's no people that will gladly give them millions of credits. Just that point, ah, it's my guy now, no problem, pay me back. Do you get it? So now, you give somebody who your entire friendship circle, all of you are still unemployed, gladly in the middle of them, one billion. Do you, do, you, do you understand? You don't even understand the investments. You know, you think, ah, I double this money. Call a double swing of crypto. Yes, officially. So, like, I personally believe that there's some kind of money. Nah, calm down. Do you get it? Enjoy the process. Are you with me? You are applying your 20s for God's sakes. What do you want to use the rest of your life and do? Do you understand? Like, you have. I, I don't know, because, I mean, in the past two days also, or three days thereabouts, I was also watching this documentary by Obama, right? Very short documentary. And it was talking about, you know, life. And it, it genuinely made me reflect on this generation. And I'm scared. I'm scared that a lot of us will be extremely depressed as at 30, 40. Because the extent to which we are running is crazy. Like, calm down. Like, it's just like, do you understand? Like, there's still more in our body. Because I don't understand. Even me. So then I have to watch it. You have to get to the top of the career before you are 30. So when you get there, what you not to be doing for the rest of your life? The ginger is crazy. Like it's one thing to aspire to aspire to require to admire. That was there. But there's one, there's another side that is just ridiculous. Slow down. Do get just slow down and enjoy life for God's sakes. I'll be together. Slow down. Breathe. <laughs> Let's <laughs> breathe. I'll get Breathe. Let the young <laughs> actually don't suffocate yourself. You have that responsibility. You know, you know, just slow down. Right? Slow down. Work. Okay. This Looking for the fastest means to make money. It cannot help you. That's the reason some of us, should I be honest with you, you can't have a career. Because you don't have the patience to build a career. Some of us, eh, should I be honest? The reason why you keep getting frustrated is that you don't stay in a place long enough to actually build the skills needed to have a career. I'll make you an example with something, a friend of mine. I said, look at me now. I started to start in school. Reservoir takes five years to study. And one year housemanship. One year service. Altogether seven years. If I can come out and say I can practice on the physiotherapist. Are we together? And then wherever I enter, when I enter as, a, as an entry-level physiotherapist, seven years to become an entry-level physiotherapist. Or seven at least seven sessions, in a sense, to become an entry-level physiotherapist. But now I enter tech. And the plan is simple. After two years, it is not, if I'm not any USD, I'm a failure. Yes or no? Is that not what you are doing? Now, the question I have is simple. The course that you went to school to study, <laughs> amen, that you used seven years in school to study, the entry level rule. A lot of us approach. That's a lot of us approach work. That's a lot of times I talk to. I, when I, I was talking to a, 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 a young one of the folks that I was training in UX design. And this guy is good. At least good as far a junior level, you know, an entry level guy. He's good. And so I'm telling the guy, you know, how far with job applications are you applying? He said, eh, well, first of all, I only apply to remote job. Make it make sense to me. You never had a job experience before. This is your first job role. You're looking for remote work. I was even thinking, you know, I can still try to convince him. I know now, you know, you know, the, you know, when you're starting up, you'll be open to, you know, you can do remote, you can do hybrid, 
you know, you can, if it's full time, just, just go and start somewhere. I was not yet done. He said, in fact, that I'm also looking for one that will give me a laptop because, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> at that point in time, I didn't even bother. I didn't, I said, I say, yeah, I genuinely believe so. I say, I, I, yeah, I like the fact that you know your words. Because I didn't already know, only you could pay the words. Just now, because you are still not getting it. I can promise you, you will not get one. It's not a course. You just can't. Because you're making it hard for yourself to start. It's a career. You grow. Are we together? Start somewhere. So, you know, I mean, one consistent thing I saw in the documentary you see, people, some of our parents have been in a job for 25 years. Agreed. We can say, ah, it's bad, you know, no form of career progression, career growth or something. I can't say, I don't understand the workplace now. It's not my own for 25 years. Even if it's my own master, I made money, I moved to something else. That's it, naturally. Maybe there's an age where stability becomes important and you can stay with somebody for that long. But 25 years is a lot, right? Agreed. It might be too much. Do you understand me? But guys, it's also a problem if you can't keep a job for more than two years. Let's be honest. Are we together? That's your body is already changing. I have to live here. I have to act. Let's be honest with ourselves. It's not a very good thing. Amen? It's not a very, you, there must be a sense of stability with yourself. People must be able to trust you. And the truth of it is this. Let me say something. The truth of it is this. And this is even career-related, tech-wise. In, in junior roles, you can be jumping up and down. Once you begin to get... That's the truth. Once you begin to get so much more senior roles, you need stability. People need to be able to trust you. You think I will trust you in my company? If in your CV, all and you will jump too. Are we together? So money is money is good, though. By all means, make money, but have sense to calm down. Are we together? It's a time for everything. Got you to lean. Do you understand? I get calm down. You guys are going to enter Paris today. This thing tomorrow. Calm down. You're just in your twenties. Calm down. Slow down. Breathe. Amen. Are we together? Not doing bad. I'm not doing bad at all. Look at the nation that you're in. I'm not doing bad though. Do you understand? Don't let Twitter people like you. You're not doing bad. I'm not pushing on that pressure. Do you understand? You're not doing bad at all at all. So calm down. If if you're lucky enough, you get an awesome job. The first job is you know. Get gives you in fact here's here's another thing that people don't talk about enough. Go and check people who get those jobs that they feel that they are unqualified for. The extent of pressure that they are under. Sometimes they wish they didn't get a job in the first place. Because when you feel like you are not worth getting a job, you're always watching your back. Because you're like, anytime soon they can fire me. Do you understand me? Compared to someone who has a track record. Do you get? I've been, I've been doing this thing for a while. So if I'm entering this place, I know what I can do. Do you get me? There's nothing like, and if anything happens and I leave, I didn't enter here by luck. Do you get me? I'll get another one. But if you got into a place where you don't, you know, I don't even know how I enter. <laughs> you understand? Know you don't think to real long. Just to just shadow me. Shadow. You know? And that's it. All right, so, you know, take it easy. All right? Be, be okay with the process. Are you with me? Be okay with the process. That's it. I hope that helps someone. All right, let's continue. So, look at um, we already read Second Corinthians four and verse thirteen, right? Beautiful. Now let's move, move into what makes the gospel so important. All right, what makes the message of the gospel so important? Why do we have to pay so much attention to the message of the gospel? Open your Bibles to Romans two, from verse fourteen to verse sixteen. Number one, from verse 14 to verse 16. Are you there? All right, it says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are, that are at Rome also. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Let me just quickly come on something that I was saying. Thank God it's, it has stopped it, it, because it was happening a while ago. Um, that on this, if you are not ashamed of the gospel, <laughs> there are a few things that are as ridiculous as that. Thing. The way to prove that you are not ashamed of the gospel, eh? in fact, respectfully, is not by wearing a t shirt and says unashamed. 
not like a t-shirt is bad, please do. I don't get that. The way to show that you are not ashamed of the gospel is by preaching it. I will get that. How did Paul show that he's not ashamed of the gospel? He says, I'm a debtor, both to the Jews and to the Greek. And I also want to preach in Rome as well. He now says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God of salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So how do you show that you are unashamed of the gospel? Preach it. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Let's continue. Let's continue. Now, notice that it says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The word power there is the Greek word dunamis. That shouldn't be a new word to a lot of us. Dunamis. Right, dynamis and dynamis refers to mighty ability or strength or miraculous power. Mighty ability, strength, or miraculous power. So when he says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, it means the gospel is God's mighty ability to save a man from sin. I'm gonna say that again. The gospel is God's mighty ability to save a man from sin. Now, why is this important? It's important because you see. You need to realize that outside the gospel, God is helpless to save a man. And that sounds like a very notorious statement, but I'm going to explain. Outside the gospel, God is helpless to save a man. And sounds like something notorious, but I'm going to explain why. Do you not realize that despite the fact that God has always wanted man to be saved, from the point in time when Adam sinned, all right, up until when Jesus died, imagine the amount of years in between. And God has always wanted men to be saved. Yet, the only means by which men could be saved before the resurrection was that they believed in a promise. Are we together? It will not matter how much God wants you to be saved. You will have to believe in a promise. Are we together, guys? Do you understand? And even when Jesus came to the world, it didn't matter how much he wanted people to be saved. He had to, it was until when he died. They, they also still have to believe in a promise. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So imagine that the gospel is so important, people have to wait. Despite how much God, God wanted people to be saved, people have to wait. So you need to understand that the gospel is, is not, we are not the ones that esteem the gospel so important. God has designed the gospel to be that important because it is only via the message of the gospel that the man can be saved. So that's what makes the gospel important. The gospel is important because that is God's power to save. Outside that, God is not able to save any man. Are we together? And the reason why that is also very scary is because one of the many reasons why people don't believe the gospel is the gospel simplicity. It's too simple. And that is, it is too simple to the undoing of men. You know, if, you know which, to be honest, it makes sense. I mean, think about it. If there was going to be something that makes a man live forever, to be something complex. Are we together? If there's something that makes a man conquer death and say death is a thing of the past and the man can live forever, do you understand me? No condemnation, no death whatsoever. It, it has to, it should be something strong. Just on my point. Maybe like some jet park that only the rich can buy. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? But when you tell a man, how do you live forever? Believe that someone died for you. And that he was raised from the dead. Okay. And that's all. Oh. Wow. Are we together? No, that makes sense. See? And that's the reason you look at what Paul says in Romans 10, verse 1 4. In speaking about the nation of Israel, when you understand this, it, 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 makes a bit of, it makes a bit of sense why the nation of Israel could not be saved. Do you understand? Because we are Romans 10, verse 1 and 4. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He says, For I bear them record that they have a word. They have a word. A zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. He says, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that does what? Can you see that? So, people were zealous for God. I like the fact that the Bible specifically says they were zealous, but not according to knowledge. So, they had zeal. And this is interesting that God saw their zeal, and that's how much zeal they had. God still could not save them outside the gospel. 
Like, I can see your zeal. I love you guys so much. But guess what? It's by the gospel will be saved. Idea of flesh shall no man prevail. Do you understand? There's nothing you can do. It is the gospel that will save you. I will together, guys. And so the simplicity of the gospel was what made it hard. How do you tell people who they have about 600 and something laws to fulfill every day and they are following it? And they now tell them, and in doing all of that, they were trying to have some sort of relationship with God. Do you get me? And they could never do it. They now tell them, listen to me. All you need. Just believe that this man died for you and rose again. Ah. Ah, do, do, you, do you see the problem now? Do you get me? And that's the reason, you know, you know Paul made a very brilliant case. Look at 1 Corinthians 1 from verse 18 to 29. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 29. Very brilliant case. The simplicity of the gospel is one of the biggest reasons why people don't believe it. If the gospel was complex, I promise you, some people will believe it easily. It was not complex. Maybe in order to be, believe the God, in order to you know be saved eternally, you have to maybe enter into a particular realm for like seven days. Don't eat, don't drink, chanting words, maybe just for like seven days. Then when you enter into a particular realm, when you get there, you know, you will now walk, you walk, you walk, you will now see something is now unlocked to you, and you've ascended into eternal life. You see, that one. We agree uh, that, that it makes sense. Uh, ah, this ah uh, no, Luther, Luther, you should get that life when you are done. Look at what he says. First Corinthians one verse eighteen to nine. He says, "For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish what foolishness." He says, "But unto us which are saved, it is the what." He says, "But it is written, I will destroy the what, the wisdom of the wise, and preach nothing the what." So it it was in God's wisdom that God did it. So even God wanted to show something up. I say, you know, I say, last car, joker, just like psych. <laughs> that's what he was doing there. Uh, hey, you think you didn't say you did what? That's simply what he says. He says, I will bring to nothing the wisdom of the wise. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? So let's continue. He says, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the spirit of this world? He says, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? He says, for after that in the wisdom of God, the word by wisdom knew not God. He says, he pleased God by the words. So even Paul causes the foolishness of preaching. Jesus, so Paul recognizes it. So you need to understand, even we that believe it, we know it's foolishness. Are we together? We know. How do you say a man believes that somebody that he has never met before, that he died and was buried and rose for him, and because of that, he has eternal life. Not only does he have eternal life, he has you. Guys, Christians are the bravest people in the world. No, to be honest, let me tell you why. I just, in, during this meeting, I said there's someone here, and I said this, this, and this. And I said, I better raise up your hand. Do you realize that I can do that because I believe in a man that I've not met before? We are gathered here today because of a man that I've never met. Just think about it. We are here today, gathered like this, spending hours, studying Bible, for a man we have never met. Never. And yes, he commands our opposite. Hallelujah. It is foolishness to the world. How is it that? So, like, if from a natural perspective, it makes sense. Why people say, yeah, people are stupid. You get, like, they have no sense. Hallelujah. What's Bible tells us, after that, in the wisdom of God, the word by wisdom is not God. It pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that would believe. He says, for the Jews require a sign. The Jews would have wanted something interesting. Maybe, for example, as he was on the cross, you know, he just moved out. Did not fall out, peeping. Just that. And he just, and I remember as he, as he lands down, he just said, that's the same. Oh, seven. Say, ah, a man here. You say, ah, you say, hey, this is the son of God. That beard, that beard, that beard. Just my point. And he says, you, to be saved, you need to bow in front of me 500 times. They will do it. Are we together? He says, the Jews require a sign. He says, the Greeks, they seek after wisdom. The Greeks are, you know, those, the intellectuals, the scientists. Just like, explain to us how, explain to us the correlation between how you believe in a being. Are not related to by blood 
and then its effects, or better still, you know, that faith in what he has done has an effect on you. Enough to elicit activities through you. Makes no sense. Are we together? Their wisdom is what damns them. They are too wise for their God. Too wise for their creator. Are we together? How, how, you know, hey God, hey, you don't put yourself in trouble. Men created science. If men created science, it means that science in itself is impossible to explain the entirety of man. Because at the end of the day, science will always end where the limitation of men is. I hope you realize what we call science is what men do. Are you with me? Science in itself does not do anything. It is men that make science science. Do you understand my point? So when we say science doesn't have the answer to this, what we are just saying is men don't have the answer to it. Do you get it? That's it. We say, oh, um, ah, um, what about this and this? Ah, say, oh, science doesn't have an answer to that yet. Science doesn't have an answer to that yet because men, have not, men don't have the answer to it yet. Did they demand the answer? They say, oh, science has discovered this. <laughs> science didn't discover it. Men did and attributed it to science. Do you understand my point? Exactly. So, if we are telling you that something exists beyond you, do not think, oh, let's use the rules of science that I created to understand what exists beyond me. Who is the foolish one both of us? To be fair, I think the smarter scientist is the one who says, I don't agree that there's anything beyond me. To me, that person is smarter than the one who says, I want to use what I created to understand what is beyond me. Does that make sense, guys? The one who says, I don't even believe there's anything beyond me, that one has sense. Just, he has already agreed that there's nothing beyond me, so I'm never going to bother trying to understand it. Because to try to use what you created to explain what is beyond you is absolute foolish. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? That's it. Which is not an interesting one. Why you think there is nothing beyond you? Nothing beyond you. really think there's nothing beyond you? This world, this earth is suspended in space. I, I am not well. Maybe, I don't know if you ever just go and look at the planetary bodies again. The earth, in case you don't know, there's no ground. Or like, Maybe the problem is that you see a picture of Atlas. You know the Atlas picture of that god that holds the earth and you think, oh, that's how it works. No, there's no, <laughs> there's nobody there. Like, right now, as we are talking now, the earth is just going around on its own. It's going around on its own. Let me tell you, to interest you, as it is going around like this, it's also spinning on its own axis. So it's spinning and turning, it's spinning and turning. Guess what? Nobody puts it there. Do you realize how this kid is? Do you understand How did that happen? Tada! Do you like, Big Bang just went, oh! Like, guess what? You know, like, you know, like, so, hey, God, I mean, ah! Because that's what the scientist wants you to believe. Do you realize? The scientist wants you to believe that everything that was created came out of <laughs> like, like, guess what? Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! And you have eight planets revolving around the sun, and they've never for once hit themselves. Do you realize, even as a human being, as intelligent as we are, as well as we are, sure, you know, as I right now, I can't do something like that. For eight balls to be rolling around something at their own speed. Do you understand my point? They don't eat each other, they don't collide with each other, nobody enters each other's orbits. They have their own orbits that they are going. Not to just slap themselves. Ah, do me this side. Even Judith, and they're going on their own, and they don't have a mind of their own. You know, you know, human beings, I want to show you. You should be scared. How do you get that? I'm not a and I, I really don't want to enter into the matter of into that matter. But the reality of it is, you cannot be that there is a, that there is no God, and you can and genuinely be happy. You can't. There's something that there's something that someone said. He said the end of a season is nihilism. I think that's how it, what it was called, nihilism, something like that. And it means absolute nothingness. 
there's no purpose to life. There's no reason to be happy. You know what is it? Yeah, there's no, you know, you just wake up, live, die. You, because you came here by mistake. Do you understand? You are not in any way better than a dog that was given birth to and die. Do you understand? There's no greater purpose. No greater, nothing. I'm finding out purpose. There's no purpose, bro. <laughs> you came by mistake. I'm believing my purpose. You were here by mistake. Which purpose? Our purpose is mistake. German, we are just, <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are the result of a great experiment. <laughs> German, that's what we are. Hallelujah. The greasy cattle is done. Glory to Jesus. No. But look at what he says. Look at how he continues there. He says, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block. It has to be a stumbling block. A, a cross to a Jew is the symbol of death penalty for a, a terrible sinner. How do you say that's a symbol of salvation? You get it. How do you say that's a symbol of salvation? Or when he says, he says, we preach crucified to the Jews, to the Greeks' foolishness. I've told you before, it's foolishness. But what is it? He says, but also them which are called, both Jews and Greeks. He says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. He says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. He says, for you see your calling, brethren, are not many wise, wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolishness of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weakness of this world to confound confound the things that are mighty, and the basis of this world to the, um, and the things which are despised as God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to Jesus. No flesh should glory in his presence. So it is in God, you need to realize, it is God's wisdom that he did that way. We don't know. You know, you know there's some of our parents who say, don't question God. You don't question it. Sure, you know it's the fact. Let, don't let your knowledge of Greek and Hebrew make you overestimate your importance. Are you together? Don't let your increased reality. I, you know, uh, this thing in Christ, I know this thing. I can see. I can know. I can hear. You know, you can know and you can see and you can hear because He allowed you. Amen. Hallelujah. That's it. It's not that simple. It, that's it. You see, there's what I always say to people. You know, there was arguments that people, that that was you know making rounds. A while ago, everybody said something like, "Well, you, you know, people said things like, um, 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 if if God wants to do anything on the earth, men have to pray, right?" Now, I, I subscribe to that, by the way. I must add, but now, there was the argument, that, you know, the argument of something like, "Oh, God doesn't need man. God doesn't need us and stuff like that." Agreed, God doesn't need man. But listen to me, in God's wisdom, He has decided that if we are going to see anything happen upon the earth, men have to do it. Do you understand me? So who's saying that? You know, um, God's will on the earth can only be done if men decide to go ahead and do it. We are not in any way limiting God. We are just saying it is in God's wisdom that He has decided that it will be that way. Simple. So, for example, God has decided, even though His will is that all men be saved according to the word of the truth, if we don't preach, nobody will be saved. Not because God does not want it. Are we together? Nobody will be saved. So, men have to go and preach. But who decided it to be that way? It was God. Do you understand me? So we are not we are not in any way limiting God by saying for God's will to be done on the earth, men have to go ahead and do it. No, it is so because God decided it to be so. And do you understand me, guys? That's it. It's that simple. Do you get me? So you need to understand. You know, so all our, in fact, the only reason we know in Christ reality is because God decided to. So that's why you're in, using brain. Yes, my point. You don't don't be don't over, you know, sometimes you need to overeat, you not jump talk. No, ah. Oh, you know, I, I had my own space too. I'm not gonna lie. You know, there's space like that. Where, you know, ah, you know, the watch. You know, even you, you, you don't have to say something. You say it. Ah, you will not think back. You say, yeah, I will she last something back. There was one thing then that one of our, one of my guys said then on campus. He said it. Everybody, yeah, ah, even in my mind, I say, ah, she never went somewhere. He said, he said, he said, you know, he said God is omnipotent. He said yes. He said God is omnipotent because, see, because. You know, when someone begins to do like that, <laughs> the problem is he didn't think about it before. You know, some of those on the spot thing, as he's doing your body, as somebody's hearing you, you know, he said, Because, you know, you know, you know, because we have God in us, yeah? He said, Yes. He said, So, as all of us, as we're having God in us, as you know, as we are going to different places, that is the reason God is everywhere. 
But here is the here is the problem. He's not you are saying her. Everybody is saying, you know, everybody say, glory, glory, glory. Ah, I heard that one. Ah, this thing did not add up. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm You just you know one man of very nice. You know that video. You know, people don't know. <laughs> yes, sir. Just, that, that, that was that one. That is that. So, you know, let's our in Christ reality. Don't forget you are in Christ. Amen? Don't do past yourself. Do you get it? Like, you have the reality because you are in Christ. You are, you are the one that identified. <laughs> he is the prototype. You, you identified me. Do you get it? Sure, you know, if Christ is not being a <laughs> <laughs> just, if you say he's not doing again, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, we are doomed for eternity. You get that? And sure, you know, there's nobody we can complain to. You know, it's not like in secondary school, teacher did not come to class, you're going to be principal. Say this thing. Jesus is God as a man. You should say problem, don't be. So, so if Jesus says he's not doing, can I not go and turn pass back and go and meet God? Just because, like, Jesus is God as a man. Whatever Jesus did, this was God. God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. So, so you mean to so your reality is in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Open up, Jesus. Thank you. So let's be knowing how we are doing ourselves. You know, don't you know sometimes just say even in fact, when you start saying in fact, in fact, oh the best of Kuso, calm down, calm down. Just calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. Don't say it, don't say it. No, calm down. You know, Pasha Goneka said one time, one of the friends said, In fact, if 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 God were to leave his throne, eh? If God were to leave his throne, what would happen? <laughs> you do what? <laughs> you do what? <laughs> you put your bed on Ah! <laughs> hey, okay. You see, you see, you see, you see, one of his friends now said something. He said, I need to have always been. Ever since I had that instruction, I always put it in my head. He said, Emoji, let's not call the new creation what God did not call him. I said, I said, that's common sense. I said, I'll hold down. So every time when I was studying, I'm already doing it. Great, great, great. Parabale. <laughs> you know, you know, we have this treasure in eighteen vessels. <laughs> we have this treasure in vessels of clay. <laughs> Maybe that eighteen vessels is making you feel good. Let me another version. Genius. So I said, we have this treasure in vessels of clay. So what you do? I say, ah, he's uh, he's soil. Genius. <laughs> you know, ah, ah, this clay soil. Don't just do. You know, I hear. Glory to Jesus. Well, Galatians one six to nine. Galatians <laughs> Galatians the one from verse six to nine. Alright, so don't do more than yourself. Hallelujah. Particular man of God, you know, you minister a very strong song then. No good they do. You know that? You know, sir? What was What was Lucifer? He was doing Greek clearly. Don't don't go and do more than yourself. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I can't just remember a lot of things from it. Just come was not come just channel, you know. You know, we're growing, we're growing. <laughs> Say, um, ah, it's even one song. Um, Oluwa, Etobi, Etobi, Etobi. We only call him Oluwa, you know, because we're learning Christianity. He said, "Kose ni tale fi shakawe." You know, you didn't want to. He me loti fi shakawe. Eh? 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 I knew, see, I was learning in Christianity that I, I knew this thing cannot work. Because we sang the song with Oluwa. Juget. Like, I don't know much Oluwa, but I know Oluwa means our God. Juget. So, you cannot start a song singing Oluwa and Toby. Then, the next thing, you know how to identify with God. <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you think this is? My little transgender. You want to be identified as God. <laughs> my pronouns are, you know, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Only parents. I know what I mean. I don't know what I mean. Every now and then I always remember that song. I don't know why. I don't know why I remember. I just laugh again. Ah, come on. Even God said they try. I say, ah, no, no, no. Ah, we, we, 
we know we were, we were high. That's why I can explain it. We don't drink too much. <laughs> that revelation, not why I went to shower, you do. Just as so, ah, no, no, no. Um, uh, thank God, thank God, did not take us <laughs> Thank God, God did not take us seriously. Because, <laughs> what, you know, so like, I don't just look at his creation. <laughs> you know, even God don't be shocked. And you know, you know, sing song, can't Oh, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It says, and now that we are so soon removed from him according to the grace of Christ unto another gospel, all right, which is not another. Now, this is a, this is a very interesting thing. He says it's another gospel. He now says which is not another. Because there are two words used there for another. The first another is the word halos. Sorry, the word heteros. All right. H-E-T-E-R-O-S. It means another of a different kind. All right. Now, you have the second another. Right, let me write that here. So you have, I'm sorry, you have alus, alus, and heteros. I know a lot of us should be familiar with heteros, heterosexual, um, heterogeneous, so on and so forth. Do you understand me? Alus, another of the same kind, heteros, another of a different kind. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? All right, let's continue. So, when he says, from you that call you to the grace of Christ, unto another gospel. The first another is heteros. He is trying to call you into a different gospel from the gospel you have received, which is not another of the same kind. Are we together, guys? Uh, let me come again. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you to the grace of Christ, unto heteros you are jelly Another gospel of a different kind, heteros. Which is not another, which is not another of the same kind. Does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense? All right, beautiful. He says, which is not another of the same kind, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. The word pervert there is the Greek word, uh, I know I have that, yeah, metastrepho. Metastrepho. It means, it means to transmit, you know, um, just the way you have transmutation. Do you understand? It means you are trying to Sweep or turn around the gospel. Are we together? I'm trying to say, and then you say that, you know, maybe, okay, I'm going to explain what the context was here. All right. So there are some that are trying to transmute the gospel, trying to turn around the gospel. All right. Um, then he says, I would, okay, would love to pervert the gospel of Christ. He says, But though we are an angel from heaven, wow, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. He says, Let him be what? Now, the word that comes there. You know, I used to read up as they say, let me call And I used to wonder, because this same, I mean, scripture tells us that we should pray for them that, you know, despitefully use us. Pray for our enemies. Are we together? He says, we love our enemies. Pray for them that despitefully use us and persecute us. So, how come the Bible that tells us to love, love our enemies is also telling us that we should cause them? Are we together? Is this saying we should cause them? No. The word occurs there is a Greek word, anathema. Anathema. Interesting, this was this this became a short practice, but anyways, the word anathema is the word that means you cast them away from among you, separate them. Are we together? That's what it means. Anathema it just means let them be separated. Don't take their doctrine together with yourself. Are we together? Anathema actually was what was done in First Corinthians 5 for the guy who was sleeping with his father's wife. Are we together? It was usually done for people who were unrepentant. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So in this case, so the person is trying to preach a call with the way we have preached to you, and he's not listening. He's not being corrected. Are we together? He's, oh, he's not taking correction. What do you do? Separating from our own. Are we together? And look at what he says in Exodus. He says, <clears throat> but don't we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you? He says, let him be what? Anathema. As we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any gospel to you other than what we have received, let him be what? Accursed anathema. I wish that he said, But though we are an angel from heaven, you know, for some of us, divine encounters are what we claim. As at 2 or 5 a.m. on Tuesday, the 12th of June, there was a cold presence in my room, and then there was an effulgence of lights. The door flung open, and then he walked in. I knew it had to be Jesus because the Holy Ghost has dreads, but Jesus has no cuts. I heard apparently I heard people actually said it that what differentiates I've heard someone you know, what differentiates between the other is the 
or wear cut. This thing. You will notice that. that this thing, you know, then Jesus walked up to me and then he put his hands on my shoulder. All those things are all well and good. You know, there, was, there, was, there was a man of God, Pierre Lossman, who said, he said, all he heard was that the Bible said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That was it all. I, I can never forget what Reverend Tops always says about Pierre Lossman. He said, that man raised more men from the dead. Now, some of you have woken up from your sleep. Do you know what that means? He raised more men from the dead than some of you have woken up from your sleep. Because Reverend Tops that said this. <laughs> God, I beg all he had was going to the world, preach the gospel to every creature. I mean, he still went on to have supernatural encounters later on. But the beginning of his ministry was simply that. As another man, Reverend Gawad Mills, says the same thing, nothing special. No supernatural encounter, nothing. But Reverend, Reverend the Hot. If you've listened to that man before, your brain will talk. If he's, if he's talking to you about ministry, you, it's really like you just close everything you're doing. And just pack your back and say, sir, to the end of the world, <laughs> to the world sir, let me go, let me go. <laughs> you know? No supernatural, no, no funny. In fact, let me say something. When you pay attention to the way visions, the way Paul spoke about visions in scripture, it was almost as though he didn't like to talk about it. Are we together? If you look at the world, if you look at 7 Corinthians 11, after he spoke about his vision, he says, I speak as a fool. Maybe we should not be so quick to be shouting vision by now. Are we together? It's not to say our visions are bad, but just to say, calm down, get convictions in the world. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So, because a lot of times, a lot of us now feel somehow when we don't have any vision, the Lord did not put his left hand on you and his right leg on your shoulder and say, It is to the end of the earth, move, go, or to show that your feet are beautiful. God remove his sandal, or Jesus remove his sandal and say, Okay. Because the one you are wearing cannot use it to preach. <laughs> it's, it's not beautiful. So the one you are wearing is not beautiful. I suppose the beautiful fits. <laughs> That's not it. Are we together? No. No. Right. Divine encounters don't invalidate God's word. God's word is praised over divine encounters. Are we together, guys? So if an angel, for example, walks up to you, because you see, one, I think there's, I think, is it the Jehovah's Witness now? There's a particular Christian in quote sect whose doctrine emanates from. An encounter with angels. Supposedly encounter with angels. But when you hear the things the angels said, you know this is not of God. That's the devil. Are we together? Do you understand me? How do you judge that which was said? How do you judge that this was an angel or the devil? It's simple. What they say. Is it in accordance with God's word? Just think about it. Of all things, if the devil is going to appear before you, will you come as devil? Imagine that the devil is going to, the devil wants to, the devil wants to deceive you. He now came with all black and on and tail. He now says, he now says, I have, I have an idea for you. <laughs> just like, the just like you two, you now took it. And like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that you were going to do that to me. Like, look at him for God's sakes. <laughs> just like, would you think you were doing anything good for you in the first So if the devil is going to come and trick you, it's going to come correct. Do you understand? It's going to come as that told that can some guy. <laughs> Amen. You know, but it's going to come correct is my point. Do you understand me? How do you judge what he has said by the word? Does that make sense, guys? How is it going? All right. Let's round up here. Let me see. So we have to insist. So we have to insist on the message of the gospel because outside it, God has no power to save. So now you understand that when a man tries to distort the message of the gospel, it's not just it's not an intellectual argument. It's not just about uh, what is right, what is not right. What the person is doing there is that he's limiting people in receiving salvation. Do you understand me? Because the gospel is God's power to save. So if you are distorting the message, you are making it impossible for people to become saved. Do you understand me? That's why it's a serious matter. It's a big issue. It's a big issue. And that's the reason we then contend for the message of the gospel. And that is, we must know what it is. We must know what it is not. We must know what it is. We must. You know, what we're supposed to do, which unfortunately we can't do now, we're going to do when we get in, you know, in the lay you know, next week Saturday, is that we're going to look through the book of Acts. And one thing we're trying to, there are, there are three things we're going to pay attention to in the book of Acts. We're going to look through the various sermons that were preached in the book of Acts to unbelievers to get saved. And first thing we're going to look about is the details that were present in the message. 
Are we together? We've seen that the message of the gospel is a dead man resurrection. But once you look at the different ways by which it was preached, do you understand me? Or is it just that when it's time you just say, Jesus Christ died was better than I believe. Because that's the image of the gospel. That's the way we should say it. Or are there approaches that men use in preaching it? So we want to look at the details concerning it. That's number one. Number two, we want to see. We want to see the okay, the approach of the approach in their presentation, the details that are present in their message, and then last but not least, the source of their doctrine. That was that is how we are going to go into the study of the gospel in the old testament. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Lift your hands and give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, one of the things that times meetings like this does to you is that once again it quells your passion for diligent Bible study. Are we together? Do you understand me? You know, when you come for meetings like this, you know, you have questions answered, you have depth of insight into God's word. What it does to you is that beyond here, it raises a thirst and an hunger for Bible study. Do you understand me? Such that beyond here, you devote yourself to the study of scriptures. I wish you guys, guys. Because, guys, you see, the reality of it is that time is going. Are we together? Time is going and there's what to do. And Bible, you know, Jesus was speaking to his disciples in Matthew chapter 9, right? He says, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And by the grace of God, the laborers are no longer few. We are many now. Glory to Jesus. As a function of the work of redemption, many sons have been brought into glory and we have received the ministry of reconciliation. Are we together? But one thing has not changed. The harvest is still plenteous. Hallelujah. And we've seen that in order to spread, what do we do? We gather. Are we together, guys? So it's time for effectiveness in discipleship. It's time for effectiveness in the word. It's time for effectiveness in study. Effectiveness in prayer. Effectiveness in discipleship. Hallelujah. We're going to do something very short. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And the prayer is simple. In the name of Jesus, much more we receive a sanity of doctrine in the world. That much more young ministers giving to the truth of God's word arise. You know, men will, men will be fearless and bold in the face of persecution. Who will be fearless and bold in the face of opposition? Who will stand for the truth of the message? I will not, and you know, they will not be pushed away. Let's pray. Amen. You know, Charles Spurgeon said something. Moved me very strongly. He says, young men, you must pray. He said, because your passion is strong, but your wisdom is little. You see, one of the one of the things we young ministers I need to re- recognize. I mean, I'm a young minister myself. Is that see, there are I don't know if it's more now than ever before, but there are distractions. Are we together? There are distractions. There are legitimate desires and concerns. Amen. Hallelujah. When you, you are studying Bible, you have your mates getting jobs. Are we together? Doing all manner of things, flying across the country, so on and so forth. And in certain scenarios, you know. That in some cases, you're probably even better off than them. Are we together? But because of the sake of the work and the gospel, you stay there. Hallelujah. We're going to be praying for young ministers. That in the name of Jesus, it will not matter what it is that they have to give as a sacrifice for the work. It will not be too much. In the name of Jesus, you know, there's something that calls staying power. Hallelujah. There's something called staying power. You see, staying power is needed in the world of ministry. Staying power is needed. I'm telling you, there will always be things that will want to take away your, your, your attention. It's the way it works. This world is a game of priorities. Are we together, guys? So there's such a thing as staying power. Where no matter what comes, you stay with it. Are we together? No matter how time-tasking and time-taking your job is, you will decide, I'm not going to sleep until I study with my Bible. I'm not going to sleep until I pray. I'm not going to sleep until I spoke to that disciple, until I train that guy. Until I ensure that that man becomes a minister in God's word, I'm not going to leave him alone. Until I see that that drunkard becomes a man of God, I'm not going to leave him alone. So in the name of Jesus, I receive stay power. I receive stay power. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So you see, you you have to you 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 maintain your focus. Hallelujah. You maintain your focus. A lot of things will want to take your distraction. The minister of the gospel, you maintain your focus. Hallelujah. And you continue to pray. Right for yourself, for any young minister that the Lord is using, pray for them, you support them, you tell you talk to them. There, there, there are many reasons to give up, <laughs> there will always be many reasons to give up. Are we together? But we continue to pray for them. Hallelujah. You see, those are the men that God will use in the next generation. So we have to preserve them. Are we together, guys? 
Do you understand me? They are too important for the move of God's word and for the move of the gospel in the coming generation for us to lose them. We will sit down with them and pray. Are we together? Those among them who are already going, we drag them back by the power of the Holy Ghost. Are we together? Those among them that are beginning to lose strength, that are beginning to get distracted, we drag them back by the Holy Ghost. Are we together? Those who are beginning to make choices that are wrong for them, in the name of Jesus, those, those choices are corrected. Are we together? So we continue to pray. Amen? Amen. to pray. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Thank you for listening. We're sure that it was an amazing time. For questions and inquiries, reach out to us on carysoul.mini at gmail.com. We call you blessed.